sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hello and welcome to Tuesday, live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Sports Grid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Plenty to get to until 11 a.m. Eastern Time on your Tuesday, live right here on TMA. Week two of the NFL preseason is now in the books. One last week of preseason games before we look forward to the regular season and we use preseason action to provide that forecast that outlook for the regular season as well big news around the national football league yesterday specifically at the quarterback position we are now just four days away from the start of the 2022 college football campaign a look at the heisman trophy odds one final time okay dubs kevin walsh will join us next we'll go around major league baseball a huge tuesday in the wmba postseason as well all of that live right here on the morning after on sports grid let's start in the national football league a monday night football game to round out week two of the preseason last night at metlife in the storm the jets come back from down 16 early score the final 24 unanswered points of the game and they beat the falcons 24 to 16 at home winning outright as a two and a half point underdog the total of 38 and a half goes over the jets have scored 24 points in both of their preseason games both of them victories by the way the final tally by my numbers for week two of those preseason over unders nine games over seven games under much more of an even split from the 14 of the first 17 preseason games trending toward an over early on in this preseason action no joe flacco Last night, he might be the week one starter in a potential revenge game against his former team in the Baltimore Ravens. So because of that, the Jets cautious. Mike White gets the start pretty good last night, 12 of 17 for 90 yards. On the other side, though, some solid quarterback play for the Atlanta Falcons. Marcus Mariota gets the start and is the quarterback for the first three drives of the game for the Dirty Birds. Six of 10, 132 yards and a touchdown strike. The opening drive of the game, he found his second-year tight end in Kyle Pitts for 52 yards down the field. Kyle Pitts displaying while he is already one of the most dynamic tight ends in all of the NFL. But when you look at it from that rookie perspective, Desmond Ritter, great again yesterday for the Atlanta Falcons. Their third round draft pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the quarterback out of Cincinnati, 10 of 13 for 143 yards. He also was 10 of 22 for a buck 03 in the Falcons preseason debut for two touchdowns, including the game winner late in that victory over the Detroit Lions. Desmond Ritter very poised yesterday under center for Atlanta. And as we look at it for the 2022 NFL draft class of quarterbacks, again, it wasn't the strongest QB class we have seen. Kenny Pickett, the guy on the top of the board there, was the only quarterback selected in the first round. He is a co-favorite to an offensive rookie of the year. Desmond Ritter has the second best odds of any quarterback right now, remaining at 25 to one. Malik Willis is double that price 
at 50 to 1, but we have seen all three of these rookie quarterbacks shine so far through the first two weeks of the preseason. Kenny Pickett, by the way, 9 to 1, now the co favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year with his teammate in Pittsburgh, wide receiver George Pickens. Both Pittsburgh Steelers rookies plus 900 right now to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Hey, welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour of the morning after live on this Tuesday right here all across the grid. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. The Jets come back from down 16 early on in that first half against the Falcons last night at MetLife, even through the rain and the storms. The Jets score the final 24 unanswered points of the game. They win 24-16 outright as a two-and-a-half-point underdog. The Jets gang green under Robert Sala in his second year, now a perfect 2-0 so far in this preseason, scoring exactly 24 points in each of their first two games. We focused on some of the rookies we saw on display in New York last night on Sunday evening at MetLife. It was a scary moment for the Giants rookie, the edge rusher Kayvon Thibodeau, out of Oregon. A blindside block going low on Thibodeau went down in pain holding his knee. We got reports yesterday though not as serious as originally feared. His meniscus, his ACL intact, it's a sprained MCL for the Giants fifth overall pick of the 2022 NFL Draft. Kayvon Thibodeau though will miss anywhere from three to four weeks. The Giants remain optimistic that Thibodeau can be back for the Giants week one opener and Kayvon Thibodeau earlier this offseason throughout the early portions of training camp was a co-favorite alongside Aiden Hutchinson for the defensive rookie of the year both of those edge rushers were seven to one now Hutch moves up a tad by one dollar plus 600 Kayvon Thibodeau still the second best odds to win defensive rookie of the year at seven to one the number one overall pick in Trayvon Walker the third best price alongside Kyle Hamilton the rookie safety out of Notre Dame who plays for Baltimore both Walker and Hamilton at 10 to one Aiden Hutchinson has been a star of hard knocks it's episode three Tonight, the Lions apparently had a players-only practice yesterday. All of those news and notes from around the National Football League and training camp, including some big quarterback news in Carolina. Up next on the morning after when Kevin Walsh joins the show. Stay right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Plenty of news around the National Football League as week two of the preseason is done. Only one more week of preseason action before we get to the regular season opener just two weeks away. Welcome back to the morning after live on this Tuesday. If it's Tuesday, it's tangy. And that means old K-Dubs, Kevin Walsh is in the mix as well. Old K-Dubs. I could get used to sitting next to you on a television mm. program on a weekly basis, not just here on a Tuesday, but maybe on a Saturday morning as well, huh? 
Listen, man, big things coming, big things coming to college football today, right around the corner, week zero. The people are absolutely buzzing about it. I know we are uh, as well, which is really, really exciting. Uh, and look, you know, to, to really make sure that the, the tang was not just kind of our time here, we had, we had Big Ten Day on the early line today. Wow. Favorite win total for yours, truly. Look, I know we got a lot to get to. We'll get to it. But can I just sneak this in here quickly? Please. I, yeah. You can tell me, be honest. I know you will be. Purdue over seven and a half plus one twenty five. You nope. know the Boilermakers and Aiden O'Connell. Oh, come on, brother. I mean, come on now. Under. Come on. What do you mean? See, no. Kev, no, what Kev, do you mean? That, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. There's four teams ah. that are at seven and a half right now in the Big Ten West. Yeah. Nebraska, Minnesota, Iowa, and Purdue. I, like I am so strongly under on Purdue. They lost so much from last year's team. I understand Aiden O'Connell is back, but I think the optimism out of West Lafayette is a little bit too high. Right now. See, these are the conversations you can expect every Saturday morning this fall into the early winter, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time. Myself, OK Dubs, the mastermind of the pigskin, Joe Lisi as well. A newly revamped trio for a newly revamped college football today. And we'll have a little teaser segment to end out this opening hour preseason Heisman odds one final time it's going to be fun but kevin walsh the second most premier basketball mind on this network only behind donnie Wright's side of course is our oh, lead football guy it feels like because not only is he one of the co-hosts on cft each and every saturday kevin's going to be in that chair sunday mornings as well for pro football today yeah, we're excited about that. Uh, I don't know how much Donnie paid you for that little comment there, but uh, I promise in the long run it wasn't worth it, pal. Uh, you will get yeah. yours, not today and yeah. not tomorrow, but at some point you will. Um, man, oh, man, that's an outrageous move. But, yeah, Pro Football Today is going to be a lot of fun as well. Uh, Mike Blewett and I are uh, going to be joined by a good cast of characters uh, as well, so really excited to get rolling this weekend. And make sure to tune in to Warren Sharp on Pro Football Today because that's where you can see him on SportsGrid. All right, let's dive into the news that we have from around the National Football League because, Kev, on that opening Sunday of the NFL season, you'll be previewing a game in Carolina in which Baker Mayfield will be the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, as was expected but made official with an announcement mm -hmm. yesterday from the organization. Baker Mayfield, the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Now, Kev, we know that week one opener for the Panthers is against Baker's former team, the Cleveland Browns, who spurned the number one overall pick from the 2018 NFL Draft in favor of Deshaun Watson. The Panthers, a one-and-a-half-point home favorite. What do you make of the storylines for Baker Mayfield entering that week one opener as the starter in Carolina? You know, B Baker is such a storyline guy, right? Such a narrative guy. It, it almost, it couldn't have been anybody other than the Cleveland Browns somehow to open the year up for Baker and his brand new team. And I think that this Panthers group might surprise some people, to be honest with you. Because mm. at least on the offensive side of the football, at the end of the day, you know, there was a, that executives-created list, if you remember, that was done by yep. ESPN, the best running backs in the sport, that said Christian McCaffrey was outside of the top five. Guarantee a next year's version looks a lot different. That's the best running back in the NFL. He just has to be out there. That's the reality on Christian McCaffrey. Wide receiver core, again, DJ Moore's legitimate. 
Top 15, if you will, wide receiver, probably give or take. Robbie Anderson take uh, take the top off there. Terrace Marshall Jr., another year in this league. The offensive line drafting Iki Iquanu and has some other pieces as well. Corbett, Taylor Moten, that I think can help keep Baker upright. As a team, we'll see. The schedule is tough, right. but they're deserving favorites, I think, here week number one. I mean, and it's a team that is maybe a little deeper than you realize, even on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you talk about a guy like Austin Larkin, year two defensive end out of Purdue, a Boilermakers team that's likely to go over seven and a half wins this year, <laughs> and you just have to get <laughs> I got to be honest with you, pal. You're doing the setup there. I'm looking for Boilermakers in the NFL and hoping that we had one of them on the Carolina Panthers, no and way. we did. It's an Austin Larkin no season, if I've ever seen one. But legitimately, I do think the Panthers uh, are deserving favorites oh. there and offensively can surprise. That was so well done, so <laughs> subtle. That caught me so far off guard. Yeah. Very well done, old K-Dubs. Purdue's winning nine games this year now because of that. The Panthers, <laughs> though, have had this line work in their favor, Kev. They were a one-point favorite. The news happens with Deshaun Watson's 11-game suspension last week, and maybe some of that Baker love. Again, the boulder on the shoulder for Baker Mayfield. We know he plays his best football when he seems to be overlooked or spurned they are now a one and a half point favorite a low total by the way 41 and a hook one of the lowest you will see across the week one slate for the nfl regular season kevin you brought up the team overall though in carolina it's relative expectation right six and a half is the win total mm -hmm. the under has the juice so with baker mayfield at the helm of the panthers offense and matt rule still as the head coach in carolina what does success for the Panthers in 2022 look like to you? Yeah, so it's interesting. I don't think that schedule is incredibly kind to them overall. However, we know that the beginning of the year is so important for every team, right? Like we see the graphics all the time. Oh, no team's ever started a 1-3 and three and made the postseason. That's not exact, but you get the point, right? We know stuff like that exists. First five games... Four at home with a road game against the Giants. It gives you life. Can you get three and two? That's all you need, right? You're all yeah. the, you're gonna you're knocking on the door of a win total of six and a half all of a sudden in that range. The NFC at the back end feels vulnerable. It feels for the take. I'm not sure if I'm gonna push the Panthers into a seventh spot overall and get this group into the playoffs there. But right. if they can start it early. They give themselves, I think, a legitimate chance to stay in the mix. This schedule has these ebbs and flows here, if you will. If you look as well off of the bye week, right, it's deep into the year. They might limp into it, but to come off of the bye at Seattle, home versus Pittsburgh, and home versus Detroit, those are potential games they could be favored in, right? Yep. Not guaranteed, but it could necessarily line up that way. It's a super fascinating schedule that if they start on the right foot early, have to win week one against the, the Cleveland Browns, I yeah. really think this is a team that we are talking about actually playing meaningful football in December. Carolina won its first three games of 2021 before falling in 12 of their last 14. That plus 410 playoff number tied for the third longest odds in the NFC alongside the Lions and the Bears. So, Kev, as we go through the NFC South, a relatively weak division overall. And as we look at one Tom Brady back at practice yesterday, Tom in his 45th year on this earth tied for the second best odds 
to win the NFL MVP. Kev, did you find anything extremely out of the ordinary for Tom's 11-day absence from Bucks training camp? Boy, oh boy, relative to my co-host, no. Uh, I was con- It was confirmed to me that Donnie genuinely doesn't understand what vacation is, and it's why I don't think he's ever and legitimately missed an early line. Donnie thinks Brady is going to retire in the middle of the season because he missed a week of practice leading up to the second preseason game of this season. Look, Tom's earned a week off. That's what it is, and I think that's ultimately what he got. I think he'll be fine. He's back at practice. We'll see what that means for the Bucks moving forward. We go around Major League Baseball, a showdown in New York. Last night, we break down next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A Subway Series last night underway in the Bronx, battling off the rain between the Mets and the Yankees. Welcome back to the morning after, live here on this Tuesday on Sports Grid. Alongside Kevin Walsh, I am Ben Stevens. Now, in the first Subway Series of this year, back at the end of July, it was the Mets at home taking both games against the pinstripes. The Yankees returned the favor last night for the first time in a while, Kevin, being booked as an underdog, especially at home inside Yankee Stadium. But it was because of Mad Max getting the start. Max Scherzer for the New York Mets. It did not matter. The Yankees get to Scherzer. All four of those runs scored were allowed by Max Scherzer, including Aaron Judge's 47th home run of the year. Kevin, it was one of the worst performances we have seen out of Max Scherzer in a Mets uniform, but it's his second straight start now giving up four earned now in back-to-back performances for the New York Mets. What was your main takeaway from the opener of the Subway Series up in the Bronx last night? So I don't think we're at some concerning level on Max Scherzer, right? First of all, up against at Atlanta and at the Yankees, no matter the Yankee struggles, those are difficult asks back-to-back for any pitcher. Also, some of the Atlanta runs, while they were earned against him, he wasn't on the mound when those runs were scored. Something that just kind of always bothers me with pitching. But nevertheless, here was the big thing for me. Andrew Benintendi. The Yankees Mm. traded for a 320 hitter at the deadline. And in his first 22 games in pinstripes, batted under 200. How... That happens is completely beyond me. But that right there captures the Yankees' struggles. Everybody, Mm -hmm. start to finish, playing bad, but in ways that were so drastic. I mean, Andrew Benintendi was trying to compete for a batting title and was like, oh, does this guy need to bat ninth? Like, did we trade? Is this Joey Gallo? Like, there's no pop, there's no hitting, there's no nothing here from Benintendi. But now consecutive multi-hit games, consecutive multi-RBI games. If Andrew Benintendi can be a 300-hitter table setter, everything starts to click all of a sudden. Because what do you know? Benintendi's on base. There's Aaron Judge snapping the 10-game homerless streak where he was batting sub-200 during that stretch. Anthony Rizzo now has guys on in front of him. At some point, Big G will be back. LeMahieu now can bat 
in a four spot, a fifth spot, and work his way back to hopefully getting healthier by the day and starting to feel a little bit more comfortable. Andrew Benintendi is a really important Yankee. If he can be what he has now been for two games in a row at the top of that lineup, it is a huge, huge boost. And the Yankees have now won two consecutive games for the first time since the end of July because Kevin entering this subway series, it felt like the two New York baseball teams were trending in very opposite directions. Mm -hmm. The Mets all positive, all optimistic. The Yankees, despite avoiding a sweep against the Blue Jays to end out their weekend, still trending downward. Did last night do anything to change the perspective, the atmosphere, the feeling around these two New York ball clubs in your mind? So it doesn't change anything about the Mets, right? Like, the expectation, no matter who is on the mound, is not to sweep the Subway World Series. By the way, no matter how good the teams are at any point, right? Like that is kind of the ex is just you look for a split, whatever it might be. If you win a series, it's fine. This is really big for the Yankees, though. Because you took the last one off of Toronto, you beat Max Scherzer. You've now been gifted Taiwan Walker, who no slander, is just not Jacob deGrom. And then what do you know? Three at Oakland, and then three against the Los Angeles Angels. You will be booked at, what, at least minus 150 in all of those games? Maybe stronger. Maybe minus 175, to be honest with you. I'm not telling you they're going to rip off eight in a row, but they've got a chance. And that's something that the Yankees need to do. Because despite this major slump that you cannot deny, what's going to matter for this team, who has already run away with this division, what kind of baseball are you playing in September? How do you look going into the playoffs? That's what's going to matter. As, as there were people, again, selling the X, oh, this team's done, this team's toast, they can't figure it out. What if they're piping hot as they close out the year? No one's going to remember the slump here. Hopefully, right. this can start to turn the corner for this team. But as important as last night's game was, even more important now tonight. And that's what Aaron Judge said. You don't want to be playing bad baseball at any time, especially in the second half of the Major League Baseball season. But last week, Aaron Judge intimated those things that at least it's happening now in the middle of August. Yeah. I mean, if it's going to happen in the middle of August versus the middle of October, it's that's better right. now than two months from this point. The Mets plus 230 in the National League pennant, the second best odds in the NL. The Yankees up the board slightly by 10 cents after last night's win in the American League, plus 210 in the AL pennant behind the Houston Astros, who are the favorites at plus 145. And the Yankees, Kevin, still a dollar in front of the Mets for the third best mm -hmm. price to win the World Series, plus 450. The Mets at plus 550. There is still this market available on the FanDuel Sportsbook for a Subway Series not here in the middle toward the end of August, but in the end of October or early November in that World Series Championship Series, the Fall Classic. Mm -hmm. Who do you think, as we stand here right now on Tuesday, August 23rd, still has the better path of making that World Series? So for those that don't know, uh, we did the preseason pro uh, predictions on the early line. I picked the Subway World Series. And you might say, ah, biased New Yorker. I'm a Yankees fan. I picked the Mets to win. It's about as the most unbiased thing you could possibly do is pick the Mets to beat your team because I'm the most unbiased man in all of sports media. Nevertheless, We're not. Yep, yep, I yep, have to yep. tell you right now, I am not sure how you justify both not only the Yankees, but even the Astros being in front of the New York Mets. And I'll tell you why. I understand that the Dodgers are the Dodgers, but the Mets right now have a better record than both the Yankees and the Astros. If the Mets have home field advantage against either one of those teams in the World Series, I promise you 
They are favored to win that series. And here is the sneaky thing that I've been trying to tell people about. Look at tonight's game between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Milwaukee Brewers. Gonsolin against Burns. The Dodgers at home with their ace under minus 150. Now, what happens when that's Gonsolin versus Jacob DeGrom? I'm not telling you the Mets are going to be favored in the baseball game, but by the time it closes, they might be. And what about game number two? Clayton Kershaw's back going to figure it out and go out there against Max Scherzer? Take the Mets. By the way, do we think Julio Urias is going to be favored in City Field? He's not. He's not going to be favored. I'm not telling you the Mets are going to be favored against the Dodgers in every single game. But that series price is not going to be some Dodgers minus 230, man. That's how good this staff is. Oh, and by the way, their lineup is so, so good. One of the five best in baseball throughout the season. I think the Mets at this point, they don't need to jump the Dodgers because the Dodgers are going to have home field advantage throughout the postseason. But jumping the Yanks and the Astros, I think is warranted at this point. And it still might sound strange to hear Tony Gonsolin as the Dodgers' ace, but with the season-ending elbow injury to Walker Bueller, Tony Gonsolin, the Catman, is the ace right now for this Dodgers staff. They hope to get healthier. They hope Kershaw is back. They hope the young redhead Dustin May can be out there as well. But that's where things stand for the Dodgers. Less than a dollar and a half favorite at home today against the Milwaukee Brewers. And the Dodgers were a minus 275 home favorite yesterday. We'll get to what happened at the Ravine in just a moment. Final thoughts on the Subway Series game number two. It's Frankie Montas getting the start for the Yankees today against Taiwan Walker for the New York Mets. Now, Frankie Montas in his three starts and pinstripes has been abysmal. 14 earned runs combined in three starts, including six in his debut at Yankee Stadium in his most recent start. But still the pinstripes, a minus 134 home favorite. All right, now to Los Angeles where, Kev, you mentioned Julio Arias on the bump yesterday for the Dodgers against the Brew Crew. And Milwaukee shut the Dodgers out. It was the first shutout for Los Angeles at home inside Dodger Stadium all year long. The first time the Dodgers have failed to scratch across a single run at home all year a big win for milwaukee but still five games back of the cardinals in the national league central and that's kind of the the tough spot here for the brewers right where it's they just had the dodgers in their uh ballpark for four you got to split you split against the dodgers over four games that feels like a win you now go to la genuinely taking one out of three usually feels like a win but the entire time you are losing ground to the st louis cardinals Again, I don't know how many people are checking in on strength of schedule in Major League Baseball, but it's something I've made a point to continually bring up there. Cardinals have a much easier stretch than the Milwaukee Brewers, and that's kind of the difference maker. Now, the Brewers are still live in a wild card race, but that is a tough thing to kind of transition, and it happened pretty quickly, right, for this team all in all. They could not beat bad baseball teams. Pittsburgh and Cincinnati were handing them losses while the Cardinals were sweeping the Yankees. Oh, and by the way, I don't know if you intended on getting to this, but I'll bring it up quickly. Apparently, Jordan Montgomery's the best pitcher in baseball. That's a tough one for the Yanks, who are throwing Frankie Montas tonight. Four starts, a .35 ERA for Jordan Montgomery. Last night, nine innings. One hit, no walk, seven Ks. I don't care who he's going up against, but against the Chicago Cubs. Man, the Cardinals look pretty dangerous. 
The Cardinals have won eight straight games. The Redbirds are red hot. They've won 19 of their last 23. It's even better than the Dodgers, who have still won 17 of their last 21. And those odds have even worked more in St. Louis's favor. Now live, a minus 600 favorite on the National League Central odds board on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Cardinals won 1-0 last night at Wrigley. The only run scored... The 693rd career home run for Albert Pujols. He is only seven dingers away from 700. And Pujols, the machine, has hit five home runs in the last 10 games for St. Louis. All of that in the hunt for October. More Major League Baseball in our second hour. But it's a small snippet, a preview of college football today with preseason Heisman Trophy odds up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Only four days away from the start of the 2022 college football season. Week zero, this upcoming Saturday, August 27th. A final time to look at the preseason numbers before we get underway in college football on Saturday. And I understand it's week zero. The week one full Saturday slate is about 11 days away, but it still is a stage setter of an opportunity here live on the morning app with two guys that will be part of a newly revamped trio for the new college football today. For the first time this season, myself, Kevin Walsh, and Joe Lisi, all together this upcoming Saturday to preview week zero and every other thing you need to know for the 2022 college football campaign, including the Heisman Trophy odds. Kev, I am fired up. How excited are you? Unbelievably excited, man. Unbelievably excited. We're going to have this thing rocking and rolling this Saturday. I know that everybody uh, might look at week zero and kind of wonder, how many games have juice? Trust me, enough. Plus, we'll get the chance to really set up a lot of the futures market. That's where you'll get the college football playoff predictions that you need. Uh, and it's almost a guarantee that you are not going to be tuning into a show that's going to give you the same uh, four across the board. Um, I know that without knowing what Ben or uh, Joe uh, is ready to put forward. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then, I mean, my goodness, week one. I, I mean, if you're not already excited for week one, that's, that's stunning. Because what an incredible slate we have there. Three ranked first-ranked games. Uh, it all starts right uh, with that Pitt-West uh, Virginia game as well on the Thursday. It's just, man, how can you not be jazzed up? Mm, it's all very good stuff. Three ranked matchups, three top 25 tilts. And it's like the FanDuel Sportsbook is listening to us as we speak. Make mm -hmm. college football playoff odds now available, although the market... Oh is locked so they're figuring out those final algorithms and ratings for their numbers and the odds for 2022. We are going to use this time to set up the Heisman Trophy race because although an individual award for sure if you are going to strike the pose in early December your team probably needs to be in that college football playoff 
conversation having won a conference championship. And Kev, when we look at the big three here, it should be no surprise to see their names and to see their prices, although they are mm -hmm. very relatively short before we even start a season. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and Caleb Williams. C.J. Stroud, the quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes, is the favorite in the preseason to win the 2022 Heisman Trophy, plus $200 in front of the reigning Heisman winner, Bryce Young, the quarterback for Alabama. He is 4-1. to one. Caleb Williams, much like his team, the USC Trojans, has moved only up this board. His number getting shorter and shorter throughout the summer. Now the third best price at plus 600. And Kev, you can see the correlated market to all three of these QBs yeah. and their three teams' prices to win a national championship. Alabama the favorite, Ohio State the second best price, even USC the fifth best number. So uh, obviously we know that the best teams are going to have the best players, right? And that is the expectation with these three quarterbacks here. All kind of offering up maybe something a little different than the next. The C.J. Stroud numbers are going to be ridiculous. Bryce Young and the confidence that people have that they are just going to win every single game they play, plus off of a Heisman Trophy and how impressive he was, has his case. And then Caleb Williams, a little more of a dual threat and maybe kind of gets that lifting up a program that needed to be lifting narrative that Ohio State and Alabama don't necessarily need. But what interests me so much about those three mm. are their counterparts, if you will. The second yep. man in the room, Jackson Smith and Jigba. When you talk about Ohio State, Jameer Gibbs, the Alabama running back, transferring over, over from Georgia Tech. And then Jordan Addison, if you will, right? Last year, the best wide receiver in college football, now in USC with Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. Of that three, though, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba really, really interest me. You and I talked a little bit off-air yesterday about his candidacy and could he potentially yep. find himself in a two-man race with his own quarterback. I think it, it's going to have to start early. The last time we saw Smith and Jigba, he put forward perhaps the single best performance a wide receiver has ever put forward in that Rose yep. Bowl performance there. If he follows that up against Notre Dame, with 100-plus yards and two-plus touchdowns, which is not ridiculous. If you saw what he put up in the last game there against Utah, I think 50-1 to one gets on the move after week number one. That's what's interesting to me with these three front runners is can anybody kind of latch on for a ride, Ben, as this season progresses? And when you look at Jackson Smith and Jigba, 50 to 1. Jameer Gibbs, 50 to 1 as well. To reference what Kevin was displaying, Smith and Jigba in the Rose Bowl against Utah, 15 grabs, 347 yards, three touchdowns. An FBS bowl game record, not Rose Bowl game record, not Ohio State bowl game record, all of college football at the FBS level. That is how good Jackson Smith and Jigba can be. And Kevin and I had that conversation. We saw a wide receiver for the first time in a very long time win the Heisman Trophy just two seasons ago. Devontae Smith out of Alabama, but his quarterback in Mac Jones was a Heisman finalist, but certainly not a preseason favorite as C.J. Stroud is for Ohio State right now. Plus 200, that number. Again, a football game has not even been played. 
And I understand, and I have said it here on this show, the Buckeyes should have the second best odds to win a national championship. Spoiler alert, Ohio State is my pick to win that CFP title come the middle of January. However, Kevin, it is a short, short number for a preseason Heisman favorite. So does that allow value deeper down the board? There are a couple of prices at 100 to 1 that you would like to discuss, including a quarterback out of the Big Ten. We will see Mm -hmm. on Saturday. Name Nebraska's starter for 2022. The Texas transfer, Casey Thompson, 100 to 1. And then a running back out of the Big Ten, Blake Corum from Michigan, also 100 to 1. And if Clemson returns to prominence this year, might the ground game in South Carolina for the Tigers, led by Will Shipley, be a big reason. Kevin, all three prices, 100 to 1 mm-hmm. to win the Heisman. Long shots for sure. Where do you think the best value is? Triple digit trio. You are good at what you do, my friend. Let's start with Casey Thompson. If we get to all of them, great. If not, I want to make sure we get to Casey Thompson because he's the one who's playing this week. The excitement around Thompson began in that Alamo Bowl against Colorado when he had to come in for Sam Ellinger. An outrageous level of efficiency. How's 8 for 10, 170 yards, and four touchdowns? Off of the bench, ice cold. Nobody didn't know he was probably going to play any of that game. And he had some outrageous moments last year for Texas. Three games where he threw at least five passing touchdowns. I don't care who the competition was, okay? One of them was Kansas. By the way, they lost that game. You don't just, you know, you don't just beat Kansas, man. It takes a certain level to go out there and beat the Jayhawks. But here is the thing with Casey Thompson is Nebraska has expectations that if you've not been paying close attention, you wouldn't really understand. A team that won one game last year in the Big Ten is the second choice to win the Big Ten West. But some of that has to do with Casey Thompson. has to do with Mark Whipple, last year's Pitt offensive coordinator. Kenny Pickett certainly, I think, would tell you good things about Mark Whipple and what he can do for somebody's pro prospects there. Casey Thompson is at 100-1. to My thought process, Ben, is that if you tell me they can cash that plus 350 to 400 ticket, depending probably when you got it, to win a Big Ten West, you're going to be happy that you have a 100-to-1 ticket on a Casey Thompson because that means, I would think, that he was a driving force to Nebraska hitting a level that people have been chomping at the bit to see them get back to. We're talking about a three-win football team a season ago. Nebraska was three and nine straight up, but as the joke goes, and maybe it's a joke mixed in with some reality, Nebraska was the best three and nine college football team we might ever see. All nine losses by single digits. And Kevin is right. The expectations feel lofty for a team that has won six combined games the past two seasons to have a win total at seven and a half and the second best price to represent the West division in the big 10 title game. It feels slightly skewed, but if they are going to even sniff that possibility, Casey Thompson orchestrating Nebraska's offense now coordinated by Mark Whipple, Scott Frost is giving up the play calling responsibilities. That is going to be the reason why I will just say quickly. That's why I think there is value on Caleb Williams at six to one to win the Heisman trophy, because if USC is going to get close to that 20 to one price to win a national championship, it hovers around the idea of the quarterback And the Heisman trophy is a quarterback award. 17 of the last 21 winners 
have played the quarterback position. In nine of the last 10, Lamar Jackson in 2016, the only exception to this rule, have won a conference championship, been in the college football playoff, been in the national championship game, or ended up winning that national title. Kev, we'll save the running backs for another time because the standard of burden or what you need to do as a running back to win a Heisman Trophy leads to another conversation. Both Blake Corum and Will Shipley at 100 to 1. There's another running back that has the best odds on the board of any running back in the country. His name is Bijan Robinson. He is an outstanding player for Texas. But there's another player for Texas. Their quarterback, Quinn Ewers, who is 50 to 1. Bijan Robinson actually has better odds than Quinn Ewers. Here is the final point I will make on Quinn Ewers. He lost some of that luster last year when he went to Ohio State to get that NIL bag and did not play for the Buckeyes and then he transferred to Texas the school he originally committed to there have been three perfectly rated quarterback recruits in the history of college football since the turn of the millennium in 2000 Vince Young Arch Manning who will play at Texas next year apparently and Quinn Ewers we are talking about historic quarterback recruits if texas is going to even get close to being back and not just that being a joke it will be because of quinn ewers alongside b john robinson throw in xavier worthy as well in that high-powered steve sarkeesian offense i think the value on the heisman trophy board is with one man one quarterback and his name is quinn ewers so tough i think though for me to parse through these two because part of the reason that I think Quinn Ewers, I mean, the quarterback rating, you've told me a lot about him, is the fact that his safety blanket is maybe the most talented running back in college yep. football in B. John Robinson. If you are Sark, right, you don't maybe need to overextend Quinn Ewers because you have B. John Robinson. The interesting thing with this two, with this pairing, is the fact that week two, they're going to play Alabama. And I don't know what their odds are going to look like post-loss. I'll tell you what happens if they win the game, all right? Yep. Everything changes, and both of their numbers are cut in half, if not more. And you don't have to it doesn't matter what the final score is. It means that they both were outrageous, okay, if they won that game. I wonder what it looks like if they lose. Because here is the thing, Ben, and I'll say this, and we didn't get to Blake Corm and Wilship, but that's fine. I know you want to cross the finish line with your tickets, but when you've got big-time odds, get me to the last lap. Can Texas yep. be in the conversation down the backstretch? They can as long as Bama's that only loss. 17 and a half is the spread in favor of the Tide on the road in Austin. More TMA up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our number one of the morning after live on this Tuesday right here on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159 all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. Kevin Walsh has been here for most of this opening hour of TMA. And when Kevin Walsh got in the mix, the first topic of conversation was Baker Mayfield officially named the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. And in that week one opener in Carolina for the Panthers, to kick off the regular season, it will be Baker 
against the Browns. Mayfield against the former team that drafted him number one overall back in 2018. And the Cleveland Browns have a win total of eight and a half on FanDuel. The under has the juice. The Panthers at six and a half. The under has the juice. Obviously, Cleveland is expected to win more games. But with how symbiotic their relationship appears to be this year in 2022, who wins more games this upcoming season, the Browns or the Panthers? We asked you that question and fade the public. And Kev, because of that disparity in the overall win total at eight and a half for Cleveland, six and a half for Carolina, it should not be surprising to see the Browns get the majority of these votes, nearly 61% at our Fade the Public poll on SportsGrid TV on Twitter. Who do you think ends up winning more games, the Browns or the Panthers? So, look, it's kind of a, it's a head-to-head there, right? As you mentioned, with two teams with win totals that are off-platform. But I take my chance with Carolina because here is something that people are far too comfortable assuming is this 4-0 start for the Cleveland Browns. Just because you're favored in all four games does not mean you're going 4-0. I know they're favored or they were going to be favored, it felt like, for a while against Carolina, but now a dog. Oh, they got to beat the Jets, do they? Do they have to beat the Jets? They have to beat the Steelers. I don't know about that. Uh, at Atlanta, imagine anything other than a route. Yes, I can. It's more likely to me that they're one and three than four and zero. Oh. Ooh, I like the point to end out our number one.